Welcome back to our book talk segment of the day. And it's great to talk with a woman now who's written a very interesting book, a helpful book, a kind of a fun book as well. It's called Good Enough, a cookbook embracing the joys of imperfection and practicing self-care in the kitchen. We're joined today by uh, Leanne Brown. You probably remember her from her uh, previous book, a best-selling book uh, called Good and Cheap. And she joined us now f- by telephone, from, I believe, up in New York. And Leanne, good to talk with you. How are you? I'm good. Yes. I'm in Brooklyn here, and it is a chilly day. Oh, good. I was going to say, I know from reading the book, you're, you're living up in New York. I grew up up there, but you're originally from Canada, right? My mom was born in Canada. What, what part of the country were you from? I am. What, what part of Canada? I'm Edmonton, which is like, Oh, Edmonton. West. Okay. Oh. Great. Yeah, we, we were uh, Newfoundlanders and yeah, uh, Nova yeah. Scotia, so we're, I guess that was the other side of the country, right? <laughs> oh, beautiful. Yeah, I wasn't, but my mother was. So oh, I'm always interested in where people are from from Canada. But you're you're in my hometown area, so great to always talk to a uh, an adopted New Yorker now, I guess. But uh, first of all, congratulations not only on this exactly. book, but but the previous book. I, w- I was reading the notes about that as well, the good and uh, cheap book. That was basically uh, a college thesis that you turned into a book, wasn't it? Exactly. Yep, that's exactly what it was. It was my it came out of my master's degree in food studies and. Um, it was, it's called Good and Cheap, and it was for people who are living on about $4 a day, which is like a, an average uh, SNAP or food stamp sort of budget. And so it was really meant to be a resource for folks who are living on a really small budget, really limited budget. And uh, it was a wonderful experience writing that book, putting it out into the world. We made it freely available online, and I was able to speak with so many people from so many different experiences in life. Um who shared their stories with me, and it meant so much. And it really ultimately led to this book today because, you know, I was coming from this place of thinking like, okay, one of the biggest barriers to eating, for people to eat the way that they want to and the way that supports their bodies is money. And certainly it's a huge, huge issue. Um, But it's not all there is. And um, as I was talking to so many people, I noticed this really sort of which was that so many people were holding so much terrible self-judgment about themselves. They'd say, like, oh, I'm a terrible cook. You know, I'm not good enough. I, I do everything wrong. I don't do things in a healthy way. I don't have a good schedule. I don't, like, there's just so much of them feeling like they were bad at whatever they were doing. And often, you know, the more I would talk and listen, they were doing just fine, but they just had these really, really high standards for themselves that were often unrealistic and really just sort of punishing for them. And I couldn't look away from this because I saw myself reflected in that. You know, I was the same way. I used to be, still am struggling with so much perfectionism and it's Mm -hmm. just so kind of common in food culture. And so I really wanted to create a book that reframed cooking away from that perfectionism, away from this sort of results oriented, I want to make the perfect sourdough, you know, and that's all that matters to, um, to really focusing more on the process of cooking and how we can like calmly uh, appreciate ourselves and practice, really actually practice self-care when we're cooking for ourselves and know that you know, even if the sourdough isn't perfect, is far from perfect, the, what matters is that we made the effort and that we cared for ourselves and we are feeding ourselves and let that really be enough because it is. Like our homes are not restaurants. Our homes are not, um, you know, food magazines. We need to have realistic, fair standards for ourselves. And um, and doing that, it's not only that it's like it's important and it's a relief, but it also it's just it's healing. You know, when we um, judge ourselves in these harsh ways day in and day out, it's painful. Um, and it, it sort of takes our energy away from us. And the point of a meal is to give us energy and to right. feel connected and good and vital. 
And when the way that we're doing that is actually hurting ourselves, it's just it's such a such a sadness to me. And so I wanted to try to address that and kind of define it too. You make a good point about that because I think a lot of people are intimidated by cooking in a sense. Uh, a lot maybe from watching those you know shows on TV. It, it has to look perfect or even just in commercials or, or uh, you know, magazine yeah. pictures of food. I guess people, they feel intimidated by it, right? That, that's part of it. Totally. Well, yeah, that's part of it. And I think a lot of the time it's because if you didn't maybe grow up surrounded by a lot of cooking at home, um, you may think that that's what cooking looks like because that's that's the vision that you have. Right. Um, is seeing it on TV, seeing it in magazines or on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. And um, that's not reality, right? Like we don't have studio lighting in our home. And <laughs> it's actually not normal for even like these incredibly talented chefs do not eat these full elaborate meals for every meal. They eat toast like everyone else. They eat oatmeal for breakfast. They, you know, we all eat um, a variety of foods and often with the majority of our meals are just basic and simple and satisfying. And that is okay and that is normal. Um, but it can be really hard to start um, and to feel like you're ever having success when you have these, you know, strange, unrealistic sort of standards that are yeah. created by these people sort of outside of ourselves. I like how you set up the book as well. Kind of a unique way for, for a cookbook. Uh, it's not in the traditional way of, uh, of formatting, too. Can you talk about that a little bit? <laughs> Sure. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was challenging figuring out how to format it because I knew like, I, yeah, I wanted to have recipes and I wanted to talk about all these things and I knew it couldn't just be like, oh, breakfast, lunch, dinner, appetizers and that kind of thing. So we have it kind of structured as these are the ways to get through your day. So we sort of have morning, afternoon right. and evening, like what are our needs at these different times of day? And then we have sort of getting through life. We have um, meals sort of for times when, when things are really hard, when you're, either depressed or life is really hard or maybe, you know, you're dealing with grief or all of the things that life throws at you or, and then there's getting sort of connecting with yourself, cooking just for you um, and then cooking when you're more expansive and joyful. And then finally, sort of the last chapter is really about cooking for others and sort of putting, um, you know, having a party or having a, having dinner with a larger group of people. And I think that's kind of as it should be. It's like the more, I think often we go from like, oh, I want to learn to cook so that I can have a big dinner party. And it's like, well, if we don't learn how to really cook for ourselves and connect with ourselves and learn what we need, it can be really hard to make that leap from um, that leap into cooking for others because we can be so kind of fragile about what, like, what if people don't like it? What if they reject me? And it can be this really um, difficult thing to navigate right. when someone sets down a plate of food in front of me and they're they're standing there kind of shaking with like, please like it. Please like me. It's like, <laughs> we need to separate. There's a difference between someone liking you and liking the food that you prepare. It's a completely different thing, but they often get sort of mixed up. Um, I know I've been, I've certainly done that many times to people like, please, you know, this is my way of expressing love and right. you have to love it or I'll feel so rejected. And it's like, it's not that deep, you know? Um, but it can be hard when you put so much um, effort and care into it. Yeah, most often, and I, I understand from what you're talking about, you know, I think we all have a little bit of perfectionism, and particularly when you do a creative kind of job, uh, uh, yeah. you're always thinking that. And the person you're presenting it to or listening to or you know yeah. whatever you do, they don't think that way. So you're, you're, you're putting more in your head than should be there, right? They usually don't, right? Yeah. Exactly. And it just causes you pain. So just the more often we can notice we're doing that and let it go, 
I think the better. And the better it will be for, like you said, we do that in your, we do that in our job. We do that in um, our parenting. We do that in, we do it in so many aspects of our lives. So if we can learn to do it in the kitchen, we can probably learn to do it other places too. Yeah, no doubt. Well, just about out of time, I just want to mention again, there's nearly 100 recipes in the book. And again, uh, great recipes, by the way, but also some of your uh, thoughts along the way, which are very entertaining and I'm sure helpful for a lot of people. And the name of the book is again, again called Good Enough, a cookbook. Uh, you want to give out your website, Leanne? People get more information? Yeah, um, it's just Leanne Brown, uh, L-E-A-N-N-E, Brown, just like the color, dot com. And I'd love to connect with you on there. You can follow me on Instagram as well. Um, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Thank you. Great. Leanne, pleasure talking to you. Thanks for being with us, and hopefully we can talk again. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you, Doug. I'm Stan Brock. 30 years ago, I formed Remote Area Medical to help people overseas. But then we found generations of families in America isolated by poverty from the health care they need. Together, we can take dental, vision, and medical help to a million adults and their kids right here at home in the United States of America.